the first step is getting them to realize what is OCD and what grows it and recognizing that this is your journey. It's not mine. I'm here to support you, but it's not me against you and your OCD. It's us together crushing your OCD. And I'm here to support you and cheerlead you, but really you're the one holding the steering wheel. Is your child's challenging behavior leaving you feeling exhausted, defeated, and hopeless? You are not alone. And I want you to know you are not a failure and your child is not broken. Welcome to Calm the Chaos Parenting, the podcast for parents raising strong-willed, highly sensitive, or neurodivergent children. I'm Dana Abraham, parenting expert, and I have helped hundreds of thousands of families just like yours. Each week, I'll share simple science-backed solutions to help you feel more grounded, in tune, and deeply connected to your child, no matter what challenge you face. Start your journey from surviving to thriving as a family at calmthechaospodcast.com. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the Calm the Chaos Parenting Podcast. I am so excited to chat today with a good friend of mine. We've known each other for quite some time, and we've talked about all sorts of things around parenting. Um, But today I'm really excited because she's going to be talking about something that I just don't think is talked about enough, especially when you are parenting a... um, an out-of-the-box child who doesn't fit the mold, who doesn't fit all the checklists and things like that. And you're seeing some behaviors that feel a little troublesome. So we're going to be talking about OCD. We're going to be talking about what it is, what it looks like, what are some things to be paying attention to, and then how to work with our kids if we suspect or know that our children are struggling with OCD. So welcome, Natasha. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Natasha, for anyone that doesn't know who you are, can you share a little bit about yourself and then why you're so passionate about this topic? I am an anxiety and OCD child therapist, and I provide global resources for parents who are raising kids with anxiety or OCD. Uh, I have three kids with anxiety and OCD, so I get it on a clinical and personal level. So I think that's probably why I'm the most passionate is I'm in the trenches. And so I I see the clinical issues and I see the parent struggles too. For anyone who isn't quite sure, like what what is OCD and um, what are some things that we should maybe be watching for as parents? OCD is almost always missed unless it's really obvious, the stereotypical type of OCD. They're hand washing and people get that one. But OCD really could be anything. It's an intrusive thought or feeling. And then it's the need to do something or avoid something to get that brief relief. And it's that vicious cycle that often as parents were part of, because confessing can be a compulsion, getting reassurance can be a compulsion that that people miss is um, it could be an intrusive thought. I'm a bad person. I might do bad things. Um, I might hurt other people. Um, I need things even. I need things just right. And so they seem so different, but they're all OCD at the core. Okay. So if they're also different and they're, they're easily missed, what are some of those like top misconceptions about OCD? There's a lot of them. And unfortunately, I think that they get perpetuated, but that OCD is about being quote unquote, a neat freak. Um, I need to, or that I'd like to organize. And so I'm a little OCD. I need to organize or um, my child wants everything perfect. And so they have OCD. OCD really isn't about those things. There are some people that have a bit of that flavor, but you can have a child with a really messy room and they have OCD. You can have a child that likes things perfect, but they don't have OCD. And so it's really about having that intrusive thought or feeling and the need to do something to get that brief relief, that compulsion, that hamster wheel 
that causes OCD. And so parents miss that because they're looking for that that neurotic behavior, that neat freak behavior that um, they think defines OCD. I know that you do a lot of work on your YouTube channel and on your Instagram helping parents understand how OCD works. Can you share a little bit about that so that we have a better picture so we can be thinking, is this my kid? Is this something I should be concerned about? A lot of times you get the idea that your child might have something more than anxiety when you are trying to help your child in a rational way. So you're approaching this in a problem-solving way. Even mental health professionals often do this and they will come up with solutions. Oh, you know, that feels dirty for you. How about we get the gloves or how about I wash this or I'll tell you that your hand is washed or I'll tell you that you're not a bad person. And what you find when it's OCD is that it's not satiating the OCD. In fact, sometimes it's making it worse. And so your child might ask you the same questions or they might need the same reassurance or they might need you to do things in the exact same way all of the time or you have to redo it or they can't move on. And that's a red flag that you might be dealing with OCD. You know, we talk about this a lot in Calm the Chaos that as the parent, as the adult, sometimes our own mindset around certain behaviors or around what's happening can get in the way of us being able to help our kids. So do you find that there are some mindsets that parents need to kind of swap or shift before being able to really support their kids? The first one is that you can talk your child out of OCD because you can't. And so most of the time there's insight that your child or teen is aware that these are irrational thoughts or that this compulsion doesn't make sense, but they're stuck. And so thinking that your child just doesn't get it. And if I can explain it to them, why they're not going to throw up or why throw up isn't scary or why this isn't contaminated, that the light bulb moment is going to make everything go away. It won't because normally it actually shuts them down because they're like, I know I feel stupid. I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, The other one is if I don't help my child, then I'm making my child suffer. And so once parents start to become educated about OCD and they realize, oh my gosh, I'm the metaphorical sink, they're coming to me and confessing, or they're coming to me and telling, you know, yes, your food is not poisoned, or yes, your food is not over, you know, undercooked or whatever it may be, they can feel like it's cruel to pull back that accommodation and not realize that a lot of OCD parenting is counterintuitive. And so you're not helping your child. You're actually helping OCD and your child's getting worse. And so that mind shift is really hard. And I get that on a parental level that to pull back and watch your child sit in discomfort is can be really overwhelming for ourselves as well. Yeah, I think that would be really hard for me to like yeah. watch them in discomfort. Just so can you talk to me a little bit about that? What, what would... Um, Because connection's big for me. So I feel like when they're in discomfort, they're not going to feel safe. So they're not going to be able to access their tools. And so how would a parent who's pulling back some of those, um, those resources or being that safe place for their kid, how could they still connect with their kid, talk to a kid about OCD with without giving into it? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. Because I do feel like sometimes parents get a little bit of knowledge, but not the full knowledge. And they think, okay, well, accommodations are bad. I didn't realize that was a four-letter word. I'm going to just pull back, and then my child's flailing. And really, it's I see it as all or nothing, Is right? Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Okay. And there's steps that that help with this. So, for instance, with my kids, we'll talk about. Let me give you an example. Um, you know, we'll talk about how is your OCD getting fed with this. And so, like, my son has moral OCD, so he says, "I'm sorry a lot." He's got a lot of OCD, but. Moral is the example. So he'll say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he needs that it's okay 
to complete the loop. Um, he's not really saying, I'm sorry, his OCD really is. And he's actually the one that said, he's like, mom, you know, that is my OCD. You realize when I say I'm sorry, um, or over, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I realized that was a compulsion when he thanked me to go to the doctor's appointment. I'm like, okay, that is, that's weird. Um, so we talk about, okay, that is your OCD. And then what should my response be instead? And so he came up with the idea of, you know, when I say, I'm sorry, just say, sorry, not accepted. That will really upset my OCD. So I was able to do that. And I could tell in the moment, he doesn't really like the idea, but he's the one that came up with it. And I know I'm helping him long-term and he knows I'm helping him long-term. But another example for maybe a child that's not on board, um, you know, sometimes my daughter, she has sensory motor OCD. So she needs to pee all the time. She could pee 50 times an hour. She pushes down so hard that she can really hurt her body. And so she'll say, I need to pee. And she knows she wants me to say, it's your OCD. It's okay. You don't have to. So ironically, me just kind of praising her is part of her compulsion. And so instead I say, I'm sorry that you're struggling. You know, you can still validate your child's struggle. I'm sorry that you're struggling. I'm sorry. OCD is trying to get fed right now. Um, I know that you're brave and I know I've seen that you be, you can be able to handle this. And so I think those positive words, not ignoring them, yeah. um, but offering them that support is really important. How do you get to that point where you're talking with your son and you're saying, that's your OCD speaking, that's we're feeding your OCD. How do parents get to that level? It depends on where your child is at. A lot of it is just getting education. And so in what way will they digest information? They may not want to digest it from you. Sometimes kids do. Um, reading kids' books on OCD, uh, what to do when your brain gets stuck, you know, is kind of an oldie but goodie. Um, watching YouTube videos. There's a lot of YouTube videos. I have YouTube videos for kids. Um, there's there's a lot of OCD videos. Watching Unstuck and OCD Kids movies, like a 20-minute documentary that helps. And so getting the first step is really, and I do, I have crushing OCD course for kids and teens. The first step is getting them to realize what is OCD and what grows it and recognizing that this is your journey. It's not mine. I'm here to support you, but it's not me against you and your OCD. It's us together crushing your OCD. And I'm here to support you and cheerlead you, but really you're the one holding the steering wheel. Dana here. And guess what? My book, Calm the Chaos, has officially launched. So if you enjoy the podcast and find the stuff we're sharing valuable, I'm 100% sure you're going to love the book. You can get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you use this link, you'll also get some special bonuses. So once again, the link is calmthechaosbook.com. Thanks. I hope you're enjoying the show. So for me, like I am an ADHD adult and I proudly claim that. Um, And I create systems to help me with my ADHD and the, the parts of me that are ADHD. But I hear you separating the two. There's OCD and then there's your child. Right. And like it's you two against the OCD. Can you talk to me a little bit about why that is the way that you approach that versus the way I approach my ADHD? Yeah. And, you know, there everyone has a different style. And I do feel like it is important to accept who we are. The problem with doing that with OCD is that OCD is a different type of disorder. It will make you think you are literally something you are not depending on your theme. And so not every theme, but you might be thinking, um, you know, I'm, I could be a serial killer or I just had a, a really gross thought. And so I'm a pervert. And so identifying that as part of you is kind of counterintuitive. It's like the opposite of really what you need to do. You need to separate it out and be like, that's a glitch, you know, in my basal ganglia. And I, I know who I really am. 
I don't need to debate or argue with OCD because that's what OCD wants to get hooked in. So that externalizing, it is it is really important and it is different than how a lot of people approach anxiety. Like, you know, your brain's trying to keep you safe. When your brain is telling you that you are uh, a pervert or that you might harm someone, it's a really hard stretch to say this This is part of me trying to keep me safe. Yeah, no, I, I totally hear this. That's why I'm asking. I wasn't asking like, how dare you? I think it's, I don't know enough about OCD and that's why I'm asking. Um, and I want people who are listening to hear that too and not jump to, oh, she's, she, you know, she's, she's separating the two. And there's a very clear reason. I knew there was a reason why. Yeah. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. And, and it still is like, let's create some tools and some systems so that when this happens, we know what, what we do together. And I think that that was what I heard when you're talking about even the accommodations part before we dug into that even further, it was that with your son, you created those together. It was what we would call an ahead of the moment plan. So when this happens, how would you like me to respond so that it breaks that loop? And you're looking for a way to break that loop. Am I understanding it correctly? Yeah. You really want to collaborate if at all possible. Um, Some parents can't because the, the child's not in a place where they can. But ideally, the more independent we can make them and the more proactive we can be in planning. You know, when this happens, this is how we're going to approach it next time. It's kind of like an Ellie Leibowitz space approach. You know, he talks about how to pull back accommodation systematically. He does. He's not really a collaborative. His, not, his modality is not really collaborative, but I think I like to sprinkle on the collaborative component to it. And, and really, it's a team effort of we're going to have a plan. This is how we're going to respond to OCD because we love you, because you love yourself. And kind of a switch on that is like what you value versus what OCD is taking from you. So I guess that's also that separation. And it was a good question because I do feel like there is a movement in mental health to love your whole self, you know, neurodivergency and loving your whole self. And I do get questions on my YouTube channel about that. So it was it was a good question because I do feel like sometimes it makes me think, is it bad to separate? And then you think of all the gross, horrible, icky stuff that OCD makes you think is you. And then it does make sense. But yeah, having a proactive plan is is definitely key. I'm curious, and I, I don't know, but does OCD ever fully go away? Or is it something that you might carry with you your whole life, but you've created tools and systems that work for you? You know, they say OCD is a chronic condition. And so I think it's important to have that shift in mindset of this is a flu and I'm going to get rid of the flu or this is God forbid cancer and I'm going to cure myself of cancer. And now I'm fully in remission. It is something that's chronic. Um, there is no neuroplasticity. And so that does give me hope, you know, that you do these interventions and you can rewire your brain, but I do think you don't want to be complacent about it. I think you want to be able to do hard things, face fears, you know, be aware of that, OCD can get very tiny and very manageable and subclinical, but you don't want to have this, well, one and done attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking more of like, I know that I have OCD or I know that my brain is, you know, um, I don't know, is OCD. I don't know the right way to say it, but right. Um, And so because of that, this is how I have to operate my life, or this is what works for me, or this is how I can make sure that the OCD is, is actually it's not hurting me. Like you just said, like, what does it give you? What does it take away from you? And I want to make sure that if anything, it's like, I can use this to help me hyper-focus or I can use this to whatever. But for the most part, I'm like limiting its effect on my life because it can be really intrusive and hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people think OCD 
makes them hyper-focused or it makes them obsessive in a positive way. And I really feel like OCD doesn't really do that. I mean, a lot of people with OCD are highly intelligent, super out-of-the-box creative thinkers. So it does bring that to the table. And you never get rid of that component when you're working on crushing OCD. That creativity goes to the things that you care about versus the what-if scenarios and the horrific things that your brain can create. And so it is that shift. And it's also that extra caution of, am I doing this for me? Or am I doing this for my OCD? And you kind of have to always ask that question for yourself throughout your life is, is this for me or is this for my OCD? And if it's for my OCD, um, can I do something opposite or can I refrain from that? And that is, that's going to be a question that will have to be a daily practice. I really, I like that distinction a lot. I think that that really helps. Um, it's helping me. And I think it all, all blog parents who are listening to this. Um, can we talk? I know you have an entire course on, you know, crushing OCD and uh, that has a lot of tools in it. Can you share just like one or two that are great tools to get started with to empower both the parent and the kid when they're first getting started with this? Yeah, I think the thing that gets missed a lot is the core fear. And so a lot of the questions that I get on, you know, in my communities are like, they're, they're asked, they're confessing all their bad behaviors. What do I do? Or they're overwashing. What do I do? They're overwiping. What do I do? And it's like, that's the symptom. That's the fever. I often say that that's the fever, but what's causing the fever that's different for each kid. So I, I would say the first step, if you're not sure what's going on, whether it's anxiety or OCD is to try to find the core fear, which is just pl- going down that rabbit hole. And I often say to kids, um, what's the scariest part of, you know, and you can find better language to do that. So it doesn't sound rote, but I think exploring and keep going down that rabbit hole of, I know that feels really scary. What would be the worst thing that can happen if that, if you did that? And then you might have five or six layers before you get to the core fear of what it actually is. And then, you know, okay, maybe my child has a zillion themes or a zillion fears, but actually there's only one or two core fears. And so now you can start to create tools around that core fear. Right. Yep. Get to the center. I want to get to the epicenter instead of, you know, getting sidetracked and squirreled by all these exterior stuff. I love that. We talk about that a lot too in Calm the Chaos and using the spiral to get to the very core of what's really going on here and not not what you're assuming is going on. Is there a tool that helps empower the, the kids once we do identify that fear, once we do, like what you did with your son, that discussion you talked about, that ahead of the moment plan. When you say this, I'll say this. Um, is there is there something that's more like, let's get started that, that a parent could use? Once you understand the core fear, educating your child on that core fear, because just because they have it doesn't mean they understand it. And so educating them on their core fear can be a huge light bulb moment, um, you know, for my son to realize that oh, my core fear is that I'm a brat, and I know where it got triggered. Not that it does, not that it really matters, but and so now I realize when I have that feeling of shame and guilt, that that's my OCD instead of that's me. And so I think that awareness and education piece. I think a lot of times parents want to skip that. They're like, "Give me the tools. What's the step by step?" You know, and it's like actually knowledge and education is a huge first step. And so that's where I would start. I love that so much. And I love that you're not like, just say, here's the tool, here's the, because you can't, you have, it's very individualized. And I would be saying the exact same thing if you were asking me to think about challenging behavior. So um, I think we're right on the same wavelength there. Um, One question I like to ask every single guest is if you only had just like a minute or two to sit down with a parent who is really worried about their child, who either they know has OCD or they're concerned has OCD, what would you want them 
what would you say to them or what would you want them to hear if you only could speak to them for just one or two minutes? It was only one or two minutes. I'd have to be very quick. And I would say, don't assume that every mental health professional is trained or educated on OCD. And even if they say they are, because you can look at any psychology today profile and they'll they'll say they're a, you know an expert in absolutely everything, it, OCD requires a very specific intervention strategy that is not often taught in graduate school. And so unless that person took it upon themselves to go and educate themselves through the International OCD Foundation or another uh, OCD place, they may not know what they're doing. And other, you know, despite, you know, having different modalities, um, you can see a therapist for all sorts of stuff and they're not going to really make it worse per se. OCD is an exception. You know, if talk therapy can actually make OCD worse, they can be doing compulsions the whole session and not know it. So I would say to that person, get an assessment with an OCD therapist um, and, and make sure that they are skilled and knowledgeable in OCD. And the only way that you know that is if you are skilled and knowledgeable about OCD. So it kind of goes full circle. And you have so much information to educate parents and support them and help them be knowledgeable in OCD. So can you share where parents should go if they are concerned or already know that their child has OCD? Yeah, I do offer online courses because so many people are not able to access those experts or they, you know, therapy is very expensive and they want to supercharge and they say, I just want to soak up my knowledge so that we can be doing our thing and creating a therapeutic home environment. So you can go to my school. It's an online school with um, online videos at atparentingsurvivalschool.com where I offer that support. And it's wonderful. And we are going to be linking that in the show notes. So be sure to go to calmthechaospodcast.com and we'll have all the links to to Natasha's amazing resources there as well. So uh, Natasha, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you are just dying to talk about when it comes to OCD? No, actually, I thought your questions were really good. You know, they were made me think. Yeah, yeah. I have really enjoyed this. I've had a ton of questions about OCD. I know some people in our community have struggled and worried about if they're supporting their kids the right way. And so I really appreciate that you were able to come on and share. And um, for anyone listening or watching this on YouTube, um, be sure to check out Natasha's materials. They are absolutely amazing. Like I said, I've known her for years and years and years and um, have always sent people her direction if their children were struggling with anxiety. And I still do it now. Natasha, thanks again for being an amazing guest and everyone here. um, I will see you on the next episode. Oh, and before I go, one quick note for all of you who are enjoying the podcast. My new book is officially live and I know you're going to love it. So just a quick reminder, you can go get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you do, you'll get some cool bonuses as well. Once again, get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com and I'll see you next week.